Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the Giant Comport. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, you know the drill. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Friday about the pros and cons of, or actually the case for, and the case against, Sam Howell moving forward. Going to kind of look at both, both sides, why there's a case for moving forward, and why there's a case for maybe not. So there you go. I'm getting a lot of voices in there, including that of my guest today, former NFL general manager Rick Spielman, was a GM with the Dolphins, was a GM with the Vikings for a long time, and now is a member of the 33rd team. So if you haven't checked their stuff out, you can Google them online. has a bunch of different former uh, NFL front office types, coaches who write for them, provide insight for them, et cetera. Rick does that. Marty Morningweg, who I had on a, a month or two ago, he also writes for them or works for them. So give give that, you can go find that online. But again, um, I'm going to talk to Rick in a few minutes about how he, what's important to a general manager or coach when looking at a job. We hear all this talk about the charges. The job is the best because of Justin Herbert folks. I don't know that that's the case. And I'm not going to say that's the case. So, and I ask Rick Spielman about that. I also ask him about Eric B also talked to him about Sam Howell. How would he proceed in a situation like this where you have a quarterback, but may you have a high draft pick? What do you do? What's the process? How do you go about handling a situation like this? So all that stuff. So I'll get to that in a minute, in just a minute. And before I get there, just a couple of injury things, not a whole lot from today, but I'll tell you the injury rundown from Wednesday. And it's Charles Leno did not practice as a calf issue. Tyler Larson with his knee did not practice. Kendall Fuller, John Allen, both had vet days off. Brian Robinson, hamstring, did not practice. Running back Jonathan Williams, concussion, did not practice. So there you go. Now you know. Um, and really what you want to know is what my next guy, what my guest today has to say. So again, provide really good, provided really good insight into this whole process. And again, I stress, I'm going to, it's going to kind of, it may drive you nuts to hear how many people think the charger job is the best folks. It's all about, there's one aspect that matters over everything else. And that's what Rick Spielman is going to talk about. So here's my conversation with former NFL general manager, Rick Spielman. All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks, an instant dub just for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash basketball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Well, Rick, I, I want to start with, with Sam Howell, and I'm just curious if you've been able to see a lot of him and what your impressions are of him. Yeah, just watching him, and if you watched him maybe the first three quarters of the season, uh, you've seen a, a quarterback that has athletic ability, uh, tough as nails. Uh, it's amazing for as many times as he's been sacked that he bounces right back up. He makes all the throws that you want to see an NFL quarterback make. So there was a lot of promising things that you saw early in the season. Then you see in the last month uh, where you see the pick sixes, uh, you see the poor decision-making. Uh, I believe he got benched or he got replaced by uh, Jacoby Brissett this last game. So I don't know why all of a sudden the struggles have come along, if it's because he's just basically a one-year starter. But now there's some question in my mind, uh, if he's the guy or not the guy. And is it all his fault? Is it not having like a true number one receiver? Uh, or is it because of the pass protection? So there are a lot of things that uh, they were going to have to look at in the offseason to determine whether he's the guy or not. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, too, is how you go about that evaluation, because you know, as you know, the situation here, chances are a new staff will be in here evaluating and making that decision. So if you're coming on board as a new staff, new GM, new coach, how would you go about assessing that to make sure? Because like you said, he's shown a lot that says that maybe he can be the guy. Then you have to compare it to the draft. So how would you go about making that decision? Yeah, well, whoever the new coaching staff, if there is a new coaching staff or a new head coach that comes in, uh, the first place that I would start is if I am hired as that new head coach is to interview everybody on that current staff, because maybe you're going to keep one or two of those guys or maybe keep none. But I would really talk to the staff about how they feel about Sam Howe uh, and his practice habits, his his study habits and everything coming out of North Carolina. We're all A pluses in that area. But I would also make sure that I am prepared when I go in, if I do get an opportunity to interview uh, with a new owner, that I am fully prepared on the tape work that I've done on Sam Howe and the background that I have from the outside coming in to give an indication on whether I think he's a uh, quarterback of the future or not. And then once you put your staff together, you're going to have time to with your offensive staff, your quarterback coach, your offensive coordinator to do a lot of film study, the new if there is a new front office, the front office coming in, comparing to what potentially is going to be out there in the draft, uh, especially where they end up and who knows where they're going to end up picking if they're going to right. be in the top five or not, and then make a determination um, uh, what direction you want to go. And I think it has to do with the ownership too. Right, uh, because the ownership, they weren't there when they drafted Sam Howe. But I know just all of the clippings and everything you read from the outside that Ron Rivera really believes that this kid is a potential franchise uh, quarterback for them. Right. So, but now there's going to be all those questions, and especially with the new regime, and if the owner says you just start from scratch, build from where you want to go then that's going to be the first assessment you're going to have to make is, is Sam Howell the future or are we going to try to go a different direction, especially in a draft or even free agency, if there is anyone available in free agency. 
And what would you be looking to hear or see? You know, like you said, you talk about the film evaluation, how much you're going to rely just on that versus what you hear. I mean, I get maybe you take it all and kind of swirl together. Yeah, no, you have to gather as much information as you can. I mean, you can take the film evaluation, but, you know, and I'm sure that whoever, if there's a new staff or a new front office in there, that you're going to have to sit down and talk to Sam. And I would have the head coach and everybody sit through and go through the game tape with him. Right. What were you asked to do here? Uh, why did you make this decision? Um, how would you do something differently? Just, it's almost like when you're going through the process of evaluating a quarterback uh, in the draft or in free agency, you want to try to get as much information as you can. You want to try to get in front of as many people as you can, both that were there uh, and people potentially on the outside. Uh, you, you want to interview the player. Um, you want to find out his leadership traits. I mean, I would talk to other players on that roster and, right. you know, what what is Sam like in the huddle? What's he like in, in critical situations during the game? So there is a whole checklist that I would put together uh, to make sure as I'm evaluating Sam how uh, to make sure that he's checking all the boxes that we believe is a uh, franchise type quarterback. And when you're looking at the draft, because right now they're going to have a top four pick that could be the third quarterback in the draft, the way things go. So how would you assess, you know, you know, you, okay, you have a guy that maybe you can get a tackle to put in there and maybe solidify the line and help him in another way. Maybe Marvin Harrison might, somehow be there if you get third. Um, how would you assess that, for, you know, a quarterback in the draft, maybe it's a Jaden Daniels versus, you know, and their potential and how you weigh that versus like Sam, maybe even, you know, build around Sam for a year and see where it goes and then maybe going next year. How would you weigh all that? Yeah, well, that's all part of the process. And as you're sitting there and going through the evaluation and going through the draft evaluation uh, on these potential, and for your example, Jaden Daniels, who's, probably was a Saturday pick last year uh, in the incredible season that he has had. And, but <laughs> is he the third quarterback on your board or is right. Michael Penix up there right. or, you know, any of these other quarterbacks. So until you can kind of assess, and if you're picking that high in the draft, do you come in and just say, Hey, let's be aggressive. We have some extra draft capital. Let's maybe try to go up and get a Caleb Williams or a Drake may. So there are a ton of scenarios that you have to go through and look at to weigh all of those, uh, all the information that you're gathering, whether it's, you know, the draft, whether it's moving up in the draft, whether it's the third quarterback and we take a shot at him, whether we're just going to stay with Sam Howe and maybe we can get a Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. Maybe we can get one of the top tackles, Alter Fashanu. Uh, so, those are all the things that when you come in new, you, you, you're going to have to do a lot of research, a lot of study and everybody getting everybody on the same page, including ownership on how you're going to move forward with all these decisions. But you're going to have to roll your sleeves up and do a lot of work to make that determination. And with with how like for a young quarterback, again, because you know this is first year starting, it's a new system, et cetera. How long does it take to get a really good read? I mean, you've had a number of young quarterbacks over the years. How long does it take to get a good read on where this player is headed for the future? Yeah, I, usually it's a three-year snapshot. That's kind of always been the uh, unwritten rule. Uh, but now, 
you know, does EB, Eric Bieniemy stay there as the offensive coordinator? Is he the potential head coach if there is a head coaching change? Is it a whole new system that he has to learn? I mean, he's been there, what, two years and has had two different offensive right. coordinators. So you have to take all that into account as well. But to me, the more they are familiar with the system, the more they are comfortable getting through the reason progressions, understanding concepts, understanding how to attack defenses. But if the uh, commanders do make a change, then you're starting from scratch and he's going to start from scratch all over again. So uh, those are the things that you try to have to, you know, to assess while you're doing this. The other thing too is it's going to depend on a lot of the things that um, aren't going on the field, like his study habits, how quickly he processes right. things. And you're going to rely on, hopefully had out all, all that information when you went through the draft process, whether you're psychological testing, uh, all the scores, you know, the intelligence scores, everything that you've accumulated on him before he came out in the draft. Um, but I think he has a lot of talent. Um, so you don't know when some of these click, you know, right. um, and that's the other thing is, do you have patience to make sure that if he struggles for another year, um, that you don't just pull the plug on him quickly. And do you have a good, like, and we, I know we asked you this very early, but do you have a good sense from your, just after watching him this year that where he might be headed and is it worth taking another shot on him for another year and just seeing where it goes. And then again, maybe turning elsewhere next year. Have you seen enough at this point? I think you have seen enough of the flashes, but I don't know about the consistency and is the consistency due to lack of experience. Uh, some of the poor decision-making, like I said, you're going to ask why, <laughs> why the heck did you throw the ball here when he got 16 guys covered on you? So those are the things that you're going to have to, to, to really assess. But if I'm sitting there and I have a shot and we believe as a staff that you got a shot at a Caleb Williams or a Drake may, and those are the guys that you believe are going to get you to the Super Bowl then I don't know if you can pass on that regardless of how you feel about, uh, you know, about him. So those are the things that, like I said, you're going to have to discuss a right. lot of things right. and evaluate a lot of things before you come up with a, with a final resolution. And then when you look at, if you were looking at a job, let's say trying to weigh, is it a good job or not? What are the things as a, someone GM coach that you would look for to determine? Cause there's going to be a lot of talk again, assuming this job is open, but there's going to be a few jobs open. So what are the things you'd look at to say, this is a good job? Because we can look and say, oh, they have a quarterback or they have cap space. They have this. What do you look for in, in to make to see if it's a good job or not? I think the number one thing is the ownership group you're going to work for and the patients they're going to have. And do they understand where the organization is, where the team is right now? And how long is it going to take to get that team up to the standards of potentially being a playoff team every year and potentially competing for a Super Bowl. So I think it starts with the ownership and um, their philosophy. And are you on the same page with the ownership's philosophy? If they expect you to come in and let's say you assess, and I know they have some draft capital, but we're going to be a young team or we're going to try to go out there and be big spenders on free agency, which I personally don't believe you do right off the bat. I believe you build it through the draft and hopefully you're doing well 
hitting your draft picks and then supplement that with some trades and some players in free agency. Um, but everybody has to be on the same page and understanding this is what we're going to do, approved by the ownership. This is the approach we're going to take. And the ownership is fully on board and 100% behind you. And this is how we're going to try to get uh, try to get our football team to be a, uh, a you know competitive year in and year out in a potential playoff team every year and potential uh, Super Bowl. But I think it starts with that ownership. It starts with the head coach. It starts with the GM and everybody on the same page on how they're going to build this thing going forward. So, how much more would that weigh for you versus like again, you know, oh wow, they have the capsules, they have all these picks, or they have. You, know, you can have all that. Yeah, you can have all that. But if you don't, if not, if you're not all on the same page or going in the same direction, then it's not going to matter. So, you know, when you're making final decisions or you're make, making organizational decisions that are altering decisions on the direction that you're going to go, if the head coach has one philosophy, the GM has one philosophy, the ownership has one philosophy, that's not going to work. Right. I've seen it over 30 some years, been involved yeah. in a lot of situations. So to me, everybody better be on the same page and how they're going to approach everything, not only the draft and the personnel, the coaching, the, you know, the entire football operations. How are we going to move forward and how are we going to create a culture, a winning culture uh, in this building that everybody's going to buy into? But with the owner, head coach, and GM, if it's if it's Ron and if it's Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew and it's 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 the new Mr. Harris, the new owner, then they all have to be on the same page because I don't know. I'm just looking from the outside, you know, uh, and you trade Montez Sweat and you trade Chase Young. OK, well, you got some draft capital, um, but was that coming from the ownership? Was that a decision uh, by the head coach? Was it a decision by the front office? Who met, why was that? You know, I don't know if the coaches want to get rid of two pretty good pass rushers when they're trying to fight towards the end of the year. So I don't know who's making those decisions or the philosophical process in making those type of decisions. But when you make those decisions, regardless, the owner, the head coach and the GM all have to be on the same page when a decision is made. And then just two more questions. Going back to the quarterback situation, how much do you look at what Washington has and say, okay, they just need a tackle. You can get that. Or like you said, because, you know, people here are going to think Terry McLaurin is a, is a, is a number one and you reference. He's a good receiver. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying he's so, not a good receiver. Yeah, right. He's a really good receiver. Right. Right. But is he, is he a, a, a potential Marvin Harrison jr. Who I've, you know, I've already you know, you've been high on for, him. Yeah. I think he's a future hall of famer. How, how, and, and and Terry is a very good receiver, but I think they also need to add to that. I mean, look at Philly, even though they lost last night, you know, right. the, when they brought in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Look at Tua when he had Waddle and, and Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill. What a difference that makes in, in these quarterbacks, you know. And even, you know, last night when you watch uh, Metcalf and then Jackson Smith and the Jigba all of a sudden is starting to come around where Kansas City, they're struggling right now. Right. I mean, Rasheed Rice, my opinion, I think is going to be a really good receiver as he continues to, but they don't have anyone else right now stepping up. So that's, you know, and that's the philosophical question that you're going to ask. Let's say we stick with 
Sam Howell, and you have Marvin Harrison Jr. there and one of the offensive tackles there. Who's going to have the biggest impact to make uh, to make our quarterback better? Is it the big you know receiver, or is it another you know an offensive tackle, left tackle? Right, and that's going to be an off-season topic for sure. Last thing, so you were in Minnesota with Eric Bieniemy, so I'm curious. You know, there's been a lot. There's always a lot of talk about him as a coach. What was your experience with him, and what do you think of him? I think he is an excellent football coach. I think he is uh, very demanding on the players, but he also can show them love. Uh, I think that uh, he is a smart football coach. Uh, I think he understands offenses and. I think that he deserves an opportunity to, to, and he's had some opportunities in interviews, but to give him an opportunity to be a head coach and to see if, if, if he can have success or not. Rick, I appreciate your time man, very much like the insight. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Rick Spielman for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday with my Friday Five. Not just a preview, folks. <laughs> Those games. Previewing this game, and especially this one, not worth it. So I'm going to give you Friday Five, just some insight of things I've picked up during the week. So I'll talk to you next time.